Hi class, I'm going to attempt to record a little bit of the Pinderwicks, and I'll also be reading some of other books. Um, so if you want to follow along, you can. You can probably find a copy of the Pinderwicks online um, or get the actual book if you have it at home. So we're reading chapter 15. It's called The Shredded Book, that chapter. And um, if you might remember, Cagney had just helped Rosalind. She had fallen into the water when she was kind of spying on him. And so now Rosalind is uh, back at home and Mr. Penderwick is trying to find out what happened with Rosalind, if she's okay. So chapter 15, the shredded book of the Penderwicks. And I'm just going to read a little bit. Do you want to tell me about last night, Rosalind? Said Mr. Penderwick. There's nothing to tell, Daddy, really. I needed some air. So I took a walk, fell into the lily pond, and hit my head on a rock. Rosalind looked at him pleasingly. She had been so kind the night before, not asking any questions when Cagney delivered his oldest daughter, half-drowned, and with nasty bruises on her forehead. Was he going to want confessions this morning? She had already confessed to it to herself, tossing and turning in her bed all night. Had she been a fool, giving her heart to someone who thought of her as a little kid. How would she wait years and years before even thinking about a boy again? Her family, her friends, school, those would be her only concerns from now on. But why were Cagney and that girl, Kathleen, ah yes, Kathleen, why were they there to rescue you? A mere coincidence? Sort of, I mean, yes. And it had nothing to do with the fact that Skye came home dripping wet earlier yesterday? Is Jane next? Will each of my daughters be delivered to me one at a time, as from a briny drip deep? Oh, Daddy. Mr. Penderwick looked around the kitchen, as if for help. Rosalind, you're getting older now. There are things about young women that I simply don't understand. If only your mother... He stopped. Rosalind's eyes were filled with tears. This was worse than confessions. Mr. Penderwick turned back to her. Tell me this, Rosie. If your mother were alive, would there be anything about last night too shameful to explain to her? No, said Rosalind, positively. Then I won't worry, said Mr. Penderwick. Embarrassing, maybe, but not shameful. Don't confuse me. Sky burst in the room. Has Jeffrey shown up yet? No, said Rosalind. Wow. Skye recoiled at the sight of Rosalind. What happened to your head? Nothing. What do you mean, nothing? That looks even worse than the bonk I gave Jeffrey when I first met him. Nothing means she doesn't want to talk about it, said Mr. Penderwick. Next came Jane. She was dancing and waving a blue notebook in the air. I've done it. I finished my book. I woke up this morning, and the whole ending was right there in my brain. I just had to write it down. Daddy, may I type it on your computer today? Slow down a minute. How do you feel? said Mr. Penderwick. I feel fine. Just a little sniffy. Jane illustrated by sniffing loudly. Finishing my book healed me. In that case, certainly you may use my computer. Then you'll be allowed to read this masterpiece? Of course, Daddy, said Jane. 
Rosind, where did you get that bruise? She's not telling, said Skye. Why not? Because she chose not to, said Mr. Penderwick. The telephone rang. Rosalind dove across the kitchen to where it hung in the wall and picked up the receiver. Hello? Uh, oh, hi, Churchy. Yes, she's here. She turned to Skye and said, Churchy has a message for you. It has to be about Jeffrey, from Jeffrey. Skye eagerly grabbed the phone. She was no longer eager, however, when she hung up. What happened? said Rosalind, appalled by the misery on Skye's face. Mrs. Tifton and Dexter took Jeffrey to Pennsylvania yesterday, she said. Pennsylvania, cried Jane. That means Pensy Military Academy. Oh, no. Rosalind dropped into a chair. Her troubles paled in the face of Jeffrey being dragged off to Pensy. What fresh mystery is this? asked Mr. Minderwick. It took a while to explain everything to him. The three sisters tried to start with Pensy, but to make sense of that, they had to go back and tell about General Framley and West Point, and then Dexter's lonesome role and everything had to be explained, along with the small bits and pieces they knew about Jeffrey's father. When all this was done, Skye suddenly blurted out what had happened with Mrs. Tipton the day before in the music room, or most of it anyway. She left out what Mrs. Tifton had said about their mother and, to Rosalind's lasting gratitude, what she had said about Rosalind and Cagney. Mrs. Tifton's a mean, awful person, said Jane when Skye had finished. And I don't know if Batty's gotten over it yet, said Skye. Mr. Pinderwick looked out the window to where Batty was playing vampires with Hound. Hound was on his back, trying to wriggle out of the black towel Batty had tied around his neck. Batty was leaping over Hound's water bowl, shrieking, Blood! Blood! Eh, she looks all right, he said, but I'll talk to her later. But what about Jeffrey? said Jane. Do you think they'll locking him up in that horrible school? Right at this actual minute? Will we ever see him again? Churchy didn't know, said Skye. When they left yesterday afternoon, the only thing Mrs. Tifton said was that she'd be back sometime this afternoon or evening. She only mentioned Pennsylvania at the last minute, and Churchy did get a decent chance to talk to Jeffrey. He barely managed to whisper a message before he was dragged off. Tell Skye it's not her fault. That's what he said. Churchy must be really upset said Rosalind. Poor Churchy. Poor Jeffrey, said Jane. Well, all certain Jeffrey didn't want to go to Pensy, said Mr. Penderwick, and that he has no interest in a military career. We're positive, said Skye. And he explained this to his mother? For parents almost always want what's best for their children. They just don't always know what that is. He tried to explain, but she won't listen, said Rosalind. That's not good. Mr. Penderwick looked around at his girls. I hope I always listen. I do try. Daddy, don't be silly. Jane threw herself at him from one side, while Rosalind hugged him from the other. Well, said Skye, there was that time you and Mommy 
made us be flower girls and Uncle Gordon's wedding, even though I said over and over I didn't want to. Sky, that was six years ago, said Rosalind. Sky plowed on. And I had to wear a pink frilly dress and that stupid hat with bows all over it. I love that hat, said Jane. And all the grown-ups kept leaning down and telling me how cute I was. Now Sky was finished. I apologize, Sky. That must have been difficult, said Mr. Fenderwick. I promise I'll never ask you to be a flower girl again. Thank you, said Sky, with great dignity. But you're too old, protested Jane. Rosin interrupted her, the frown, and changed the subject. Back to Geoffrey and Pensy. Yes, said Mr. Penderwick, trying not to smile. What can we do to help him? said Skye. I don't know if we can help him, said Mr. Penderwick. Right now, all we can do is wait until he gets back from Pennsylvania. If he gets back, said Rosalind. Oh, said Jane. And depression settled over the kitchen like a wet fog. I'm going to stop there for now. And tomorrow or another day, I will read more of the Pinderwicks. I hope you enjoyed that. And hopefully it works. We'll see. Okay. Talk to you soon.